Welcome to another episode of SeedSpark Sessions. As always, we hope this episode finds you well, and this week we are taking a look at the power of cloud storage and discussing the tech that makes it all possible. Joseph Atkins, SeedSpark's Technical Operations Director, shares more about the benefits of the cloud as compared to traditional storage and explains more about how everything works behind the scenes to make it all possible. With a lifetime of experience in computer science and a career in information technology, Joseph shares more about the benefits of the cloud, from enhanced security features to immediate file access from anywhere in the world. Once you finish this episode, the benefits of switching to cloud storage become perfectly clear, whether it's for your personal accounts or your business. Without further ado, a conversation with Joseph Atkins, SeedSpark's Technical Operations Director. So can you explain how cloud storage works? What is the journey once a file leaves a user's PC? So the easiest way to explain that is you have to define what the cloud is. So the, the cloud is, in, in a traditional sense, you have the local storage, which would be like hard drives or USB drives or, or stuff like that local. And the cloud storage would be um, uh, defined as anything that's not on site. So it could be hosted in an Amazon data center or, or a Microsoft Azure or even your own data center as long as it's not on site there local. So it could even be at another location that you have. Uh, that's technically a cloud storage. Um, so the, the, the cloud storage, when it leaves your, when it, when the file leaves your computer, that file is no longer on the site, the local site. So if you have a catastrophic failure of a fire or a theft, that file is not there. So that's the whole point of cloud storage is that that file or that information is no longer on your local computer. Uh, and then it's subject to all the stuff that could go wrong that way. To be clear, whenever somebody uploads something to OneDrive, I feel like a lot of people, whenever you say it's not on their local machine, it might trigger some worries. It's mm -hmm. still available locally to some degree if they choose that option. That's right. Uh, most modern versions of OneDrive um, or any of the cloud storage solutions, Dropbox or, or you know, uh, Box or whatever, they they actually uh, there's actually two copies or a header file that lives on your local computer. So your your Excel file or your Word file or your PDF, there is a copy of that on your local computer that lives there. So if you're on a plane, if you're you know uh, disconnected from Wi-Fi, you're on vacation, maybe you you can download a few files to work on while you're you know not connected to the to the internet. And then when the when you reconnect to the internet, they either will sync back up with the cloud. Or uh, you can what's called file on demand, whereas if you have a, a computer with low amount of storage space, you can um, cloud enable those files. Those files are no longer on your local computer, but they're still available at any time you need them in the cloud, uh, and it will download them so you don't have to walk around with a copy of your entire share folder uh, on your local computer. So additionally, what are some of the benefits of using cloud storage as compared to a traditional hard drive like you would normally find in legacy computers and setups? So the the, the obviously the number one thing is um, security stability. So, um, you know, hard drives, anything uh, will fail eventually. You know, there it's a it's a solid state or a spinning drive, depending on what time type you have. Those will fail. They they all have a life cycle on them. And so what happens is if, if, if the files, if your, if your PDFs, if your Excels, your documents, your pictures are living on that, they only exist, they live on those hard drives. If that thing dies, 
they're not available anymore. You know, you've lost all your pictures of your kids. You've lost, you know, your tax returns and your PDFs and everything. So the, the, the biggest advantage of the cloud storage or the reason we tell people to cloud storage or, or, or cloud sync their, their, uh, even their local machines is because that takes that onus away from it. So if, 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 your, if your laptop is stolen, if it's damaged, if it just dies because it's just, it's just, it gets age on it. You know, you're taking these things, especially laptops, you're in and out of bags all day in hot cars or whatever. Um, those will eventually fail. So if they fail, it's not a big deal because you're just using that computer as a window to your files, but the files don't actually live on that computer wholly. So that it's, it's just a lot more safe and secure. Uh, the worst thing that's, that, that happens is when people call us and they say, Hey, I've got pictures of my kids that I don't, that were being born and I don't have them anywhere else. And they were the only, they, 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 they've only lived on this computer and I don't, this computer's not booting anymore. And, you know, it's happened a few times. You have to sell them. I'm, I'm sorry. There is literally nothing we can do. Uh, these, you know, this computer's. The, the 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 equipment the hardware has physically failed um, they can try to send it off to a clean room which costs several thousand dollars to try to repair the files but that's the worst thing to happen where people do that and it and it happens uh pretty often yeah it's incredibly unfortunate especially with so much of our lives being captured digitally like you that's said that's right not even from a business perspective but, but vacations and moments like mm -hmm. having your kids born or yep. you know a new dog or like whenever you're yep. celebrating anything it's all very digital that's right and everything uh, people kind of put in the back of their mind of how digitally connected or how digitally I don't know, dedicated they are to everyday lives until it's just not available anymore. And then you're just like, oh, no, I can't even get logged into my bank account because all of my passwords are stored somewhere. Or I don't even remember the favorites of how to get to my bank because all the favorites were stored in their, you know, their Google Chrome favorites bookmarks. Yeah. In terms of security, what are the benefits specifically of cloud storage? Obviously, it's nice to have your files accessible from sure. anywhere, but are they really secure in the cloud? I feel like that's a worry that a lot of people might have. So most modern uh, uh, name brand file storage solutions uh, are what they're, they're called encrypted in transit. So when it leaves your computer and on its way to wherever uh, the storage is, um, that's encrypted. The the, the you know, even if you were able to sit at Panera and, and sniff that data and, and get a copy of it, it's, it's literally uh, garbled. Um, so that's what's called encryption in transit. Um, the, the access in the cloud is, uh, again, most modern uh, solutions are multi-factor. So that's, we call it MFA. So you've probably seen that with your bank. So if you log into your bank, it's going to say, I'm going to send you a, a, a code, a text message to your phone. And uh, most all solutions now, uh, you know, SharePoint, Dropbox, Box, those are all uh, MFA enabled. Uh, so they're secure in the cloud itself. Even if somebody has your password, they still have to have that third layer, which is that generated code. Um, the the kind of the I, I guess the, the catch point or the weak point would be your local computer, just like it always was. Um, is if your if your local computer is compromised and you don't have passwords and stuff like that, then of course they can read that. But they could do that before. 
so we always tell people that your your data is fine in transit and its data is fine at rest is what they call at rest in the cloud uh, but it's always very important to uh, protect your local device just like you would your phone or just like you would before absolutely you mentioned earlier about the importance of backups and i've been researching a little bit about online cloud storage and i found that only six percent of users perform daily backups for their local machines why is it so important to back up your machine on a regular basis and how often should that really be performed well uh the importance of it uh is I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe because it's just like we 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 spoke of before. You know, if you've got your pictures of your kid being born, uh, it's imperative that that gets backed up. It's also just I don't know. It's it's just a hassle if you don't have all of your data there. So we we always uh, suggest that you back up your computers. You back up your definitely back up your servers. Um, if your local computers are not synchronized to the cloud or to a cloud storage. Uh, station, uh, then you definitely need to back up your local machine. Uh, typically, when, when we configure a laptop uh, uh, laptop for personal use, the the I guess the priority locations, the documents and the pictures and the and the desktop, those are synced or backed up to uh, OneDrive in our case, um, and so those are kind of like a, a running backup, and those back up instantly. Or they were synced instantly. So if you, as long as you're connected to the internet. So if you have something that you save, you know, at 12 o'clock on your desktop, that's going to be in the cloud by 12:15. So if you lose your computer at 1 p.m., I should be able to roll all that back. Um, now, if you don't have all that going, you, you, we typically suggest that you back up your uh, your uh, computer at least once a day um, to a cloud stored uh, site. We don't really suggest you do local backups because that can open up other avenues of attack for bad guys to get in or if you have a catastrophic failure you know fire or theft or a flood or anything like that which has happened we've had clients that's happened to then um, then the local backup is not going to do you any good and that's local backup is what you you know everybody did 10 15 years ago you take the little usb drive and you plug it in and let it run and then and then there you go that's local backup and those things do fail as well uh, you have another point of failure there is those things fail. Those units fail. So from a business perspective, what are the benefits of cloud storage specifically for corporations or small businesses? Why is that the way to go, especially in 2020 and beyond as these tools are becoming more useful and more fleshed out? The obvious reasons are just like we've already stated. It's uh, it's um, you know secure. It's 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 just smart to do that. But the biggest thing for businesses uh, that you can tack on that maybe not for personal is compliance. So a lot of these businesses out there, a lot of industries are required to keep a certain type or, or metric of data for so long. You know, if it's seven years for tax returns or ten years for legal documents or even for emails. Um, and what happens is, it, unless you have a, a cloud-enabled automated backup that kind of like happens without you having to interact with it, that never happens. So a cloud-enabled storage solution um, for business would, would also serve the compliance. So the, the, the system is going to automatically uh, capture that data and put it off to the side. So you know users are not really realizing what's going on. And also, this it generates a tremendous amount of data. I mean, you'd be surprised, you know, after 10 years, think about how many emails that just 
you yourself have sent. Now imagine if it was 50 people, you know, you're talking just an astronomical amount of data. But if you get, if you have a, a legal proceeding or, or something like that, you might have to somehow figure out where all that stuff is. And uh, for, for business uh, reasons, that's why it's great to have a centralized cloud backup because it's also for compliance. Uh, and we see that all the time, especially for businesses. It, you know, people, it doesn't really, for individuals, it doesn't really matter. But for people, for businesses, it's, it happens all the time. And I think one big concern that a lot of businesses have, and it really is the first and foremost, is client data. Mm-hmm. And so client data in the minds of a lot of people is treated with the utmost importance. It is number one. You can't let anybody's information get out. Mm-hmm. Is that still incredibly secure in the cloud? Is that uh security sufficient yeah it it it's secured the same way that anything else is it's it's uh secured with uh the multi-factor which is the big thing multi-factor is a username password and then of course multi-factor also uh cloud-enabled business accounts uh, like sharepoint or or onedrive those are actually limited to who can actually access it even on the administrator level so even if you had a user who was let's say a power user uh, they could not like just go into random people's um, uh, OneDrives. Uh, you know, only an administrator, uh, a global admin, would be able to do that. And that is also logged for compliance reasons. So even if you had somebody doing that, all that is recorded, uh, which doesn't really happen on a non-cloud-enabled machine. Because if you know you had a local machine there, and I just walk by at lunch, and I jump in there and get your stuff, you're, you're never going to know that. You, it's it's going to look like you did it because it's sitting there on your computer. The cloud enable if if you had a, a rogue agent that would that would go in and, and and would get access to it, we can see all that. You can all that's logged, all that's um, you know tracked, so we can see where they're coming from, who they are you know, what they're doing and what they changed. Whereas, you know, it, that just doesn't exist on a, on a local machine. Yeah. That's incredibly useful, especially whenever we hear all these horror stories about how, like you said, somebody walks by and hops on a laptop and, that's gets, right. and take information. So how does our team at SeedSpark handle cloud storage, both for ourselves and for the clients that we serve? Obviously there's a lot that we can't share, but can you provide some insight into how we perform our business and provide for our clients? So the biggest thing that we do is um, a scope of what's needed. So we, we, look at a, we look at a client and we say, okay, what do you have here? Typically, most clients, as with anybody you would run into, is um, you know, they have a server and they have file shares on a server. That's a classic model. You know, they've been around 25 years. You know, everybody does that. And then what we've, we've done is we've, we've transformed these clients, uh, you know, the we look at these, we transform them, we figure out how to translate the local file shares, the old school file shares, and we turn those into either shares on their OneDrive for their people. That's so that would be like what we call the U drive in the old days, you know, the home drive. And then we would take the share drives, which would be like the company folder, you know, and then we would translate that into what it would look like in SharePoint. And then we store the files um, on SharePoint, and then everybody can access it. And then everybody can still access their what they used to call their U drive or their user drive, but now it's OneDrive. And again, all that's cloud enabled. So not only do you get the benefit from from not having a local server anymore, which which you have to feed, clothe, and water, which is you know pretty you know ridiculous. 
in, in 2020. But now you also get the ability to, you have access to that data anywhere. So if from, if COVID strikes and all of a sudden you've got to send 65 people home that's never worked from home before and they have local computers at their house and it's just crazy, then you can send them to a website, you know, portal.office.com, and they can log in with the username and password that they're already used to logging in with and they have MFA, so they'll get their little secure code. So you don't have to worry about them using their computer at home that their kids play Fortnite on. You, they can log into that website. They have a nice website that's controlled. Um, they don't have to worry about weird software. And then from that website, they can open up Outlook. They can open up Word and Excel and PowerPoint and do their jobs and save the files and collaborate with other teammates and you don't have to worry about any of that. It, you don't have to worry about, is the server running? Is the power on? Did I play the internet? Is there enough space? Because just like with the COVID, a lot of clients came to us and they had, let's say, the, the base plan. And all of a sudden COVID hit. 65 people have to go home. They're like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And then it was a, a, a simple solution of just going into the 365 panel or going into wherever and enabling more license and then whammo blammo these people have the ability to work from home remotely and they can access all their stuff and they never miss a beat and uh, the work doesn't stop so therefore revenue doesn't stop in terms of new technology i think training is always on the minds of many mm -hmm. business owners but like you said we replicate the design of right. the system that they're already used to there's always going to be some training involved. However, we, we, we try our best to replicate as close as possible, within reason, of what they had uh, originally. That way we don't end up with uh, uh, you know, a, a, a user that's, that's done something the same way for 15 years and all of a sudden you completely change the process totally from start to finish. It does confuse people and then it requires training. Um, we do, you know, there is going to be some difference, uh, but we do try to keep it as, as close as possible. And that's where when you engage with a, with a company like SeatSpark that, that's done this, you know, several hundred times and, and has seen the pitfalls from doing stuff a certain way, then you can leverage that knowledge to when you do this transformation that you don't end up in this, in this huge mess at the other end. We've seen that before where clients have tried to do this on their own or they've tried to read a white paper or maybe they, you know, they just got some guy and they just went in there and tried to do it and then they end up with this huge mess and it, it requires a lot of, um, of work to untangle. Obviously, training as well costs money. And whenever you have any kind of mess that you have to untangle also mm -hmm. costs money. And so with finances being one of the big concerns for businesses as well, can you talk more about the affordability of cloud storage and how that impacts the overall status of a business and how that works into the model going forward? Yeah. So uh, just like what I said earlier about, uh, you know, you can just go in there and enable a license. It's the same way with um, with cloud. So what happens is in the, in the olden days, if you if you said, hey, um, you know, it's 2005. I'm setting up a company. I want to I want to have some shared drives out there on a server. Great. So I would run out and I'd say, well, how much data I got? Well, I got 500 gigs of data. OK, so I would build a server and buy it for 500 gigs of data. Well, let's say in two years you blew up. It was great. You, you know, you, you developed the iPhone or something. And then all of a sudden you realized, oh, my God, I'm out of space on my drives. It's just completely full. You know, we just the files are a little bigger than we thought. And uh, well, the, your only option was you had to go out and buy a new server. Um, 
And that's just, that's, you know, that's a, a huge expense and it's a lot of rigmarole to move it around or whatever. It's the same thing with office licensing or, or licensing for, for the, the products. If you purchased, um, you know, if you had 20 people and everybody needed office, you would have to just go out and buy at three or $400 a seat office for all these people all at once. There was no way around it. And then if you happen to buy in, in, in uh, May, and then in December, Microsoft came out with the next version, you had to buy all that again. And there you go. Or, you know, if it, they came out with it the next year, you had to buy all that, whatever that was again. The, the, the advantage of the cloud is it's a reoccurring monthly charge. Typically, they, you can do it yearly as well, but it's a reoccurring charge. So you, the person, the, the, the user is the, the license. So we, we, um, you, you purchase a, a license seat for you. That means that the office product follows you, whether you have a Mac today or a PC tomorrow, or if you have a brand new PC three months from now, that license follows you. So you're working on this computer, so office works on here. Just like with storage, you're allocated right now, you're allocated one uh, terabyte of personal U drive storage of OneDrive storage in the cloud that follows you whether you have this computer now or an iPad or whatever they come out with two years from now you know the new whatever you will have that that one terabyte of storage me as the as the business owner or or the, the you know the IT director I don't have to worry about where that storage is or upgrading that storage or even if you fill it up because if you fill that up I can just purchase more storage and that is automatically added to your total and I don't have to worry about well okay well how am I gonna expand your storage pool and where am I gonna put these drives and how am I gonna deal with this that's just automatically done uh, it's same thing with office if you decide that you need a higher tier of office I can just add change your license from an e3 to an e5 and then you have the newest features it's literally takes you know 10 minutes and then you don't even have to reinstall anything the features just pop on, you know, the next time you open Outlook or Word, um, which is, that's the benefit of the cloud because it's all interconnected and it's all, you know, connected all the time and, 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 and um, you know, tied in with each other. Uh, they're able to, um, I don't know, license the different features individually, whereas that used to not be the case at all. Um, so from a cost-saving standpoint, it's fantastic because if you have 50 people today, and you buy 50 copies of Office, you just have to pay, you know, usually a per month, a smaller fee for those 50 people. And then if, if it goes up to 55 next month, you just have to pay for the additional five. On, you know, on the flip side, if it, if it drops by 10, let's say, you know, it's a seasonal thing. So in the, in, you know, you're, you're a manufacturer and at Christmas time, you really ramp up because you're really making a lot of product. That's fine. Then you can add 20 or 30 users in September, October. Then after the Christmas rushes over in January, you can drop those 20 or 30 users because of seasonal help. And then you'd have, you can drop your license count. Whereas in the olden days, you would just buy copies of Office, and then when you didn't use them in January, you still had 30 copies of Office sitting there, but you still paid for them. You still paid you know, $10,000 for them. So it's, it's able to, to help you streamline your cash flow, and, and that's the, the beauty of it. And, and, and on top of it, not only are you streamlining your cash flow, but you're also getting the, the current version. Microsoft doesn't license you uh, Office 2016, right? They're, they're, they're licensing you Office and so whether Office is now 2016 or 2019 doesn't matter because when Microsoft upgrades from 2016 to 2019, 
you're just going to get it, which is fantastic. It makes it, it especially if you have a huge install, uh, it makes um, it, it, it's um, uniformity. So if I'm sending you a document, I know you can open it because you have the same version I do. Uh, I can't tell you how many times, especially around uh, uh, when Office 2007 became Office 2010, Microsoft changed a lot of the, the, the guts. And there were, for many years after 2010, users did not, they still had 2007, and they could not open documents that were created in 2010 if the person saved it in the new format. And it caused a lot of headache. But you don't have any of that problem anymore. That's Microsoft's trying to get rid of that. You know, that's the reason Apple started giving away OS X. It wasn't because they wanted to give money away or it was, you know, some goodwill gesture. They did it so they wouldn't have to support 10-year-old operating systems because if you purchased it, there's some level of understanding that, that you, the company, is going to support it for so many years. Well, if I give it to you for free and you call in and say, well, I'm having a problem with this thing in in, in you know, OS X and Apple could say, well, what version are you running? Well, I'm running, you know, this 10-year-old version. And it was, well, go out there and download the new version because they're not going to have to support it. That's the reason they do it. And so that's why Microsoft does it that way. It's why everybody does it that way now. You mentioned end of life for operating systems specifically, and Apple gives yeah. away, you know, they gave away iOS X. Uh, you see a similar kind of approach that's more buried with Windows 10 to some degree. That's right. But when it comes to end of life and upgrading hardware and lifecycle refreshes, back to the cloud storage, that also benefits that entire process right. when it comes to transferring over information. That's right. So a good example would be OneDrive. So OneDrive, you know, when OneDrive first came out, uh, it was kind of clunky. And then Microsoft rapidly developed OneDrive and then got it really, really good. And what they did was uh, the last two versions of, of Windows 10 have really had OneDrive baked into them. And they, they're able to do that because now you can go out there and you can say, it will tell you now. It'll say your version of OneDrive is old and it will automatically update it. Uh, and then when you do, you get the new features. The most, most significantly, you get the, the files on demand feature, which basically would show um, in the old days, you could just sync folders and you didn't actually see the files that you didn't sync in, in the new versions of OneDrive. And this is like you said, where it's a streamed app that automatically updates for free is you can now see, you can see all the files, they're headers though. So I can see my files in Windows Explorer that I'm used to, that I've been doing for 25 years, you know, click the folder and there it is. So you can see those files, but they don't actually exist on your computer. Uh, if you drill down a little bit more, you can see like a little blue cloud or a little green check mark. But what, you're, what, you're, what most users are seeing is, oh, my file's there, I'm okay. But it's not really on your computer. It's a header. It's a pointer to a file in the cloud. And that only came about in the last two versions of, of OneDrive. And, but they were able to rapidly push that out. If you call in, like, for example, if users call into SeedSpark and they say, I'm having problems or whatever with OneDrive, then we know we can just go on there and, and we can say, oh, let me just update you to the latest version. It's usually the first troubleshooting step we do is update you to the latest version. You'd be shocked at how often that fixes everything, is they just are running an old build. Same thing with Windows 10. If they call us and they say, I'm having problems, we get on there and we say, oh, you're running build 1703, which is 2017 of March. You can just upgrade it to 1909, which is 2019 of September. And it just, okay, it usually fixes, you know, 85% of the problems. 
So before we round out the podcast, are there any other thoughts, feelings, recommendations for the world of cloud storage when it comes to businesses or personal use? The biggest thing is, uh, you know, just don't be scared of it. We, 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 I know you've mentioned it a few times and we still see it now. A lot of people are, are, are afraid of the cloud storage. There, you know, there's so many options you can have now, whether it be the traditional cloud storage of SharePoint OneDrive all the way up to the more advanced stuff, which I would call Azure files, which is, you know, uh, actually storing flat files in the cloud instead of going through an app. It actually maps it straight onto Windows. Windows 10 can actually do that now. Um, so, you know, you, you just got to really look at it. Um, it's it's not as... It used to be we would we would look at each uh, individual situation and we would try to figure out uh, best fit. And sometimes the cloud didn't fit for it. However, that's becoming less and less with the new technologies. Um, with you know with with technologies like VPN and technologies uh, like SD WAN, uh, we can actually make it now to where you think it's just your X drive and it's really in the cloud, but you don't know that. Uh, your computer knows that, but you don't. Um, and so it just makes it makes uh, business continuity just so much easier uh, from from not only backups, but from, you know, this COVID stuff has taught everybody from being able to work from anywhere, uh, not necessarily work from home. Now, what's the new the new buzzword is work from anywhere, not just work from home. So, um, you know, the COVID stuff has really taught us that, um, you know, all the clients that, you know, SeedSpark five, 10 years ago really got on a big push especially five years ago, to get all of our clients into the cloud. And we had, a, you know, some pushbacks from some of the smaller clients. And a lot of people in the industry would come to us and say, why in the world are you pushing a five or six or 10-person company to get on the cloud? That's stupid. They need to stay local or whatever. However, the COVID thing has proved uh, to us that we were right the whole time because what happened was we had clients who were five and 10-person clients who most people would consider small business. They could just pick up and go home. Whereas, you know, a lot of clients under 50 users, you know, have businesses, they just shut down like two weeks because they didn't know what to do. And or they leaned on their IT providers in a panic because they did not have any of this ability to work from home. And because SeedSpark had pushed so hard for our, our, our clients to move to the cloud, it was really not a huge deal uh, as far as the work the, the work connectivity was was concerned. And so the biggest thing is, is just don't be afraid of it. You know, you, it, ask questions, engage. You know, the worst thing that we have happen is when a client comes to us and they don't have any questions. They don't, they don't talk to us. You know, the communication is the key. You know, let us know what your problems are. Let us know what your concerns are. And nine times out of 10, we can, we can figure out a way around it. Thanks for taking time to check out this episode of SeedSpark Sessions. If you're new here and you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to subscribe on podcast services, or of course, you can find the show on YouTube as well. Links to those pages and our social media channels will be down below, or you can always hit us up on the official SeedSpark website for more information on the topics we covered or to learn more about the services we offer. But we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.